Yes, 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 yes. Hey guys, welcome to the Money Flow Trading Society's podcast, Mastering the Trade. I'm your host, Gerald Peters. Find out more about me at geraldpeters.info. But hey, listen, I believe life is a trade. We're trading something. I recently, I do these things on Twitter called Twitter Spaces, where it's just audio. And I had about 1,500 people tune into one I did the other day. Now, the first hour was me. And then my friend, Michael Crow from the Wealth Squad came on. Listen, Michael is a badass. He's not only a trader. He's not only a master at options. He's a bona fide movie star. He's been on television and TV shows. And he's a good friend of mine. And every time we get to talk, I come away pumped up and, 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 and feel motivated. He always makes people feel good. So listen, here's what I did. I, I'm not even going to play the first hour of me talking. I'll do that on the next podcast. I, this is just where Michael comes in at the end after I've been talking for an hour and me and Mike talk. It's very inspiring. I think you'll enjoy it. Let me know. Give me some feedback, man. Damn, your thumb's broke. You can email, text, or, 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 or send a tweet, something, man. Let me know you're listening. Some be like you. I'm t- it's funny because I'm in here trying, just trying to be like you. <laughs> I got a little off track there. What's going on, man? I'm, I'm... No, it's 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 never off track, man. I don't want you to ever think that. You know, you obviously got all these people tapped in for a reason, man. So it's it's never off topic. You you know what you're doing, and you've always kind of been the guy that flows, like the money flow, yes, and that's sir. why people tap into it. So it's all it's all warranted, man. And and um, I just wanted to recap one of the things that you had said and you put out. You said you bought your first property at 32. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. And you were a millionaire at 39. Yeah. And I like everybody that's on here right now, like let that sink in for a second. Right. He became a millionaire in seven years through real estate and obviously like through what you were doing in the stock market and all these things. And, and people always ask me about, you know, like the trading options and the stocks and like, what's that time frame? What does that look like? Now, here's the thing is like, it's different for everybody. Right. But the fact like it was really, it was your focus. It was your singleness of purpose. It was you staying locked into what the game plan was. You sticking to the script, quieting all the noise and you did what you had to do. And in seven years, you accomplished what you started and set out to do and that was to become a millionaire obviously and and that's continuing to grow but i just i think it's remarkable because everybody thinks that you need so much to start and you need to have an incredible background in all these things you don't what you need is you you need grit you need work ethic and you need just the perseverance of like you fix your houses you put in that work for yourself because that enables you to live below your means. Yes, it might be like, oh, okay, you're trading your time for money and you could be doing other things. Well, sure, (laughs) you could be doing other things, but you also don't have to pay so much because you started late. You don't have to pay out a whole bunch of money to other people to do those things for you. Therefore, you're able to keep more for yourself and then to reinvest that into the other assets that you have. I just, man, but I tell you this all the time. We text each other all the time, and I just, I, th- I think you're just an incredible dude, man. 
and and what you're doing and the lives that you've helped uh my mine too you've you've helped me tremendously too we talk all the time and i just uh, i'm i'm so appreciative of your friendship and and the, all the content that you share man it's it's a gem and and i just hope that more people really sit with the content that you create to where they understand it because just like chris chris was your protege and look what chris did yeah. in the in such a little amount of time almost damn near similar time frames mm -hmm. um it's it's just incredible man you're 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 one of the best to ever do it man well, you really are i appreciate that but it is like the talent man i always think that in my head and it's it's not even a religious thing it's just like that was written and read it you know and and it describes so many situations some people start life off with nothing you know it's just unfair i mean and not unfair it just is what it is right and and then some people get 10, 20, some people get more. And, but we're all, you know, having nothing is no reason not to pursue because all you got to save is one and now you have something. Um, yeah. And I, you know, as I was sitting here listening to you, I, I also had my own thought of like, just look. And, and I tweeted, I tweeted this out too also, like investing, building wealth, having a successful career, performing on stage, finding your person, marriage, being a great parent, entrepreneurship. Whatever that item is for you, it's all a deeply spiritual journey. Right. But you won't achieve any of these things if you don't even have your spiritual foundation in alignment with your purpose and what it is you're trying to do. Yes, you might get it. Look, anybody can be a dad. Anybody, you know, it takes real people to be great at those things. It, anybody can start a business. doesn't mean you're going to be successful. You have to have a really strong spiritual essence to build a multi-million dollar anything. Yes, and there's like, oh, there's YouTube. There's all these things. You know, people can be famous overnight. That's cool and all, but it's short-lived. If you're about longevity, it's rooted in your spiritual purpose. Always, every every famous celebrity person that I'm friends with, the the people in television and film that I've worked with, mm, yeah. business gurus I've worked with, spiritual foundation is impeccable. Like it's in, it's incredible what they've accomplished in it, and it's because they've stayed rooted in in those truths that have translated into what they're trying to do on a financial perspective for themselves for themselves or for their families so i it, it's such a great message that you're talking about today yeah i appreciate that yeah i've been watching that show the offer that was like how the godfather was made mm -hmm. have you seen this on uh i haven't seen it um send, send me the link to it man. yeah i, I think you'll like it because it it's like the behind the scenes of some guys that really don't know how to make a movie and they actually make one of the great movies of all time I don't know why I haven't seen that, but yeah, yeah send me the trying link, to man, hire I'll check it out. You'll dig it because Al Pacino is like an up-and-coming stage actor. Mm -hmm. and, and like the guy's like, he's a nobody. And, hmm. Yeah, and but what was funny, in order to pull off The Godfather, the whole movie's about them getting a few bucks to make it happen. <laughs> it's amazing. Right, it it's comes awesome, back man. to the money. And then yeah. his commitment and belief into it and like his entire life was about, I have to get the means in order to make this movie. And as I'm watching that, I'm like, wow, this is like for everything. Like he's obsessed. He put himself <clears throat> into it. It took years. Other people helped him make that movie because this guy showed up and provided this. This guy 
showed up, strangers, and provided that. And I was, as I'm watching this, I'm like, wow, this is so similar to my philosophy. And I'm wondering if anybody else noticed that. It's pretty wild, man. Yeah, you know, you you had said this too. Like, it's not always about you needing to have a whole lot of money. It's about also like having your spirit and and aligned in such a way mm-hmm. that other people believe in you enough to give you money like your right. banker right? right it's regardless of what they do or don't do with their life at your example of what you're doing with the money they give you but if you if your spirit's in that right place people are people are going to give you what you need what you ask for and, and they don't even think twice about it what's funny what you just said there we can run back and I, i've been addicted to this recently i've been doing a lot more one-on-ones and as i'm talking to people i keep wanting to take one step back you know and from where they're wanting to say, because I, I, it keeps coming back to like your core belief on money here. So the one, one guy I was talking with, he had credit problems, right? A lot of people have credit problems. And I'm like, why do you think you have credit problems? And he's telling me all the external things, right? Like this and that. And, you know, my wife did this. And, you know, it's, it's, it's everybody else's, right? Like mm-hmm. we had an emergency and I didn't have money, so I had to pay for that. I'm like, but yeah, let's go one step back, bro. Why, why were we even in that situation? And as we keep going back, and what I was trying to get to him is the reason you have bad credit is not, it's your relationship to the money that you've received. And it's your, your relationship with money going forward because when you promise someone you're going to do something, how important is it to you to fulfill that? If, if, it, if it's a must, you end up with good credit, Right. Yeah. And, and some people don't like hearing that. I'm like, bro, if you get what I'm saying and you have to say, okay, I've been dishonest with people. It wasn't my intent. It wasn't my intent to rip off GMC. It wasn't my intent to not pay my credit cards. That wasn't my intent. But my relationship has with money and debt has turned into this where it's harming me, not helping me. And that's spiritual, right? You got to see if I take on a debt, I owe that. Like I've raised my hand. And when you start to see that like that, and so as a landlord, if I take on a debt of a property, like I, I have, I'm responsible as like a king. I got to run this. Um, so we got to make sure that relationship is intact of honesty with yourself and with money. And a lot of times you got to fix that before you can move forward. Yeah, I, I have this incredibly successful friend. Uh, his name's Al. He built this. He's the last guy that I would have ever thought built this company, but he built a multi-million dollar quilting business in mm. in, uh, in Hamilton, Missouri, and uh, he's doing a whole bunch of other things. He's he's got a, a mountain of real estate behind him now, and it, he's just an incredible dude. But we were both at a crossroads in life, and he's always supported my career in film and TV and just every endeavor I was um, doing. And we were at this crossroads and, and we were talking about money and things like that. And there was a time when he was struggling, you know, there was a time when he had to pay so many people on his payroll. And he had, he had just said also, too, that if you have a money problem, it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And I had to sit with that for a long time, too, before it really registered. But it completely changed my life in the way that I look at money and investing and all of these other things, because it's it's really not. It's it's a behavior problem. It's. All right, man, I hate to interrupt this podcast, but I got to pay some bills. Podcasts are free for you, not for the producer of the podcast. That's me. 
So listen up, I put on sale, I normally charge $99 for my 2019 bootcamp content. Had one guy in the bootcamp made over $28,000 during the 20 days that we live traded the stock market using swing trades, using the money flow trading system. I had tons and tons of people that made thousands of dollars, even though they weren't supposed to, by the way, I told everybody to buy like five shares, six shares, nine shares, and yet people still bought hundreds. Some of them, I had one guy made enough to buy a car. Crazy stories, but apparently true. It's on sale for $69. You cannot be my friend and not own this. You cannot know what I know about the stock market if you don't own this. If you don't own this, there are things you don't know that you should know. If you don't own this and you're in your 20s trying to trade the stock market, I, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say that you'd buy plaque, you would buy China, stuff from China, plastic and throw it in the trash and you don't own this for $69. It's an absolute tragedy shame. You're doing yourself a disservice. I believe that wholeheartedly. 14 chapters, 151 pages, 12 or so videos. We cover everything from what is swing trading, how to bank profits, to indicators, to position sizes, what to trade, building a portfolio, buying bottoms, moving averages, how to handle runaways, A to Z, one to 100, everything you need to know about swing trading that I personally know on sale, 20% off, only $69. That keeps this show going. It keeps the Gerald Peters show going. God bless. Go to geraldpeters.info, G-E-R-A-L-D-P-E-T-E-R-S.info, or hit the bio link at any of my social apps. God bless. I hope it helps. When you change your behavior and the things that you're doing and you make those small little impactful behavior changes, right. it opens up so many doors for you. For you. Yeah, it, 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 it's amazing. And yeah, and like your friend there, he, I mean, he, you, can, you can take on so much responsibility and so much that you're, you're almost causing self-harm, you know? Mm-hmm. If you don't have measures in place. And of course, that's advanced, right? Like we get into advanced business management. I'm, I'm doing this series on sales. And it's like, as I'm teaching, I'm trying to start from zero. But sometimes, you know, this playing piano, it's like, if you try to teach someone, it's like, okay, where do I start, right? It's yeah. Because you, yeah. you have it internalized and you have from the beginning to the end of what you know. And you're seeing it all as one thing. And when people are starting, they're coming in with bits and pieces. And... You know, like say, let's take options trading <laughs> or, or not even options, swing trading or trading in general. You want to be a day trader. I think that's honorable. Yeah. I kind of dissuade, which is, I know confuses people like my friend. I'm friends with a day trade professor. We're personal friends. And I would never, I try to dissuade people from doing that. If you'll still do it, even though I try to dissuade you and you like me, then that maybe that means you're supposed to do it, you know? Because mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong. Maybe, maybe you have a natural talent at it. Um, usually the reason I'm saying that is, I, again, I think most people should take one step back. Like, let's make sure we have the foundation correct before we take on the immense challenge of trying to be a successful day trader. Is Let's don't pretend like that's some shit we can just off the cuff be good at you know yeah i was just i was just gonna say that too is just having that foundation right Mm -hmm. it's like every people most of 
the people that are day trading all the time that I see, they, you know, they panic when they lose this money or the market's tanking or this and this. It's because their foundation isn't really set on the long-term perspective. I get the impression that not very many people actually zoom out and look at the SPY over 20 years right? and, and see like right, right. this market's like tanking right now. But if you look at it over the course of 20 years, it's nothing. It's yeah, nothing. It's just a social agreement. It'll change and then we'll go back up and then what the new – that'll be a new high, right? And, yeah. and as traders in there, the more clear. But I guess where I was trying to go with the trading and the options, that may be something that you do for a while and you catch a break or you get, you know, people say they, you know, this guy got lucky. Well, a lot of us get lucky. I'm sure you've had a lucky break. I've had lucky situations, but I was there, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's luck, but I also got up in the morning and and you went to the audition or you you drove over there or you knocked on the door and got the client that made you a bunch of money and the last 20 was disastrous or i caught a trade in in silver many years ago where i made like thirty thousand dollars in in one trade and that, at the time that was a lot of fucking money that was the biggest trade i'd ever pulled off and this is after having lost like twenty thousand dollars trying to trade you know and i have a winner and i make thirty thousand dollars in like three days and but not having any kind of – you know, I gave it all back, of course. Um, <laughs> I was too stupid to pull it out and go buy two, a duplex and then start trading again. Um, you know, so I – you know, I looking back on that, there's things I should have done. But my, my point is through the process of trading, you may catch a lucky break. And now you got the seed money to start that whatever business, you know, mm -hmm. and you keep trading. And trading is part of your life. Trading isn't all the it, – it, I've never met a professional trader where everything is just trading. Those guys own this. They own a piece of this. They have a deal going here. And if you look at most of the guys we know as professional traders, a lot of them, what, have a book or a course. I mean trading is just part of their life. Mm -hmm. in, in almost everyone, man. Even – what are you, you – you, some of the most successful actors in the world, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I mean he went on to be governor. And the reason he could do that was he bought a bunch of real estate in the 70s and 80s in California. Yeah, I mean, it's it, all, the, all the people that are, you know, big in TV, A-listers, things. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not necessarily their acting career. Like, that, the film and entertainment business is one of the most incredible businesses to be in when you're working. But when you're right. not, you have to have other things, too. Like, a lot of these guys own multiple restaurants. They own businesses. Yeah, they own tons of real estate. Yeah, you know, you know what? I, I saw an interview with Mark Cuban, um, and I've been trying. I saw a clip of it. I've been trying to find the full version of it because I wanted to listen to the whole interview. Like I admire what this man has built for himself and the time frame that he did it. But he had somebody asked him, "What's one of the fa if you could start over? What's one of the fastest ways that you would become a billionaire?" And I remember Mark Cuban saying that he would invest in movies. And I thought about that too. Like, really? yeah, like, well, and also too, like real estate's in there too. But and on the movie perspective, if you have those rights right. as a producer on the back end and you have points and that film, blow, like you're set for the rest of your life and incredible payouts on the back end with that. So, but I, I want to find that, I want to find that interview. I've been looking for it for the longest that, no, that's neat. I don't, I don't know if you caught on my story I put on Instagram. I had a Canadian film crew. They flew from Canada to here. It's a 111 at my house. They're Canadians. And they're like, how in the hell can you live in actual hell? Like, 
like it's so hot to them, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but they were young dudes, and he had sold documentary type shit to like at the Sundance Festival, Southwest, whatever that's called, Southwest by Southwest, where he sold a film there. They're trying to sell the one that they were filming at my house to Netflix first, and then they're going to take it to Sundance. They're going to travel the circuit. And he makes money doing stuff because they have investors. And so they're, he's an equity partner in it too, right? So he has a guy put up money, and plus he's an equity partner by using his time and filming and all that. And they're going to try mm-hmm. – they're trying to make money. And he's made money. And I told him – and, and we were talking, and he had like 50000 saved up because his wife worked. And I'm like, bro, if you want to make movies for the rest of your life, you, you should invest that money. Like – like have money for you, but but he's figured out the deal. He has the talent to run the cameras and all that shit, and so he just got to match that up with some people that have money. Yeah, and uh, you know yeah. partners. There was a guy that was the script guy, and there was blah blah blah. And yeah, that's interesting that you said that. And that that guy, that's what their hustle was. And I was telling him, man, if you get bad credit, if if you fuck up your living situation, if you guys take on debt, well, it will ruin your ability to create movies. Right. No, it's a hundred percent. I, I had said this in a couple of your, your IG lives that I was into when you were talking about real estate and building the dream and all of this Mm -hmm. other things. Like one, one of my dreams of, of what I want to eventually at some time build for myself is, is an empire of parking garages. You think about like buying the land, like, and I, and I say this because when I was out in New York city and I was hustling, um, one summer I was detailing cars in this parking garage. It was right across, it was right in the Bronx. It was right near Yankee stadium. It was right across from the family courthouse, all kinds of lawyers, all kinds of doctors, all these people that were coming in and out of there. The owner had 22 parking garages and every single one of those spaces in New York is like a rent payment or like a mortgage. I mean, they're paying seven, $800 for the space. There's over 200 spaces in there. You know, the only overhead that they're paying for that is, is obviously to buy the land. But if you own the land, you get all the gold, right? Mm-hmm. But I was, I was doing the numbers on all of that. Like, okay, from this parking garage alone, this dude is, is killing it. He's making at least like $2 million a month, almost on this parking garage. He's got 22 of these things across the city. Wow. That's I don't even know how you look at going into buying. I know. I know how that being starts. A part of it, though, but... is you just say what you just said. Yeah. And then you're yeah. like, you like, I'm gonna write this down. And then, <laughs> and then you go to Google, right? And you just yep. keep poking on this thing. You don't have to yep. overnight do it, but you just, you just poke on it. Um, yep. It's funny you said that because I was, me and the wife were having this conversation. I don't want to own single family rentals in New Orleans. Because the weather, and be, it's a very violent city. Okay, I would, I don't mind. Meaning, I don't want to be over there working on properties and get shot. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm too old for that. I made, I got money. I don't, I'm not hustling like that anymore. If I was 28, that'd be a different conversation. But I don't need to put myself in that kind of harm. And not to say it's going to happen, but it, it's if it's going to happen, it's going to happen there, right? Like. It's that violent a city, but I have been entertained the idea of buying a multi-unit, fully making it beautiful, filling it full of antiques and airbnb in them. That's different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then as I'm looking on this, I'm like, you know what the fucking problem in this town is? Parking, dude. 
Yeah, man. And I'm like, why don't we buy a parking lot and figure out how yep. to protect people's cars? And then as I start looking into this, like you said, I came across a guy and he owns 17 lots. All they do is he has a security fence around him and he pay, you pay him 300 a month to park your car. And I'm like, what the, f and I'm looking at this and that, obviously I know about this business. I've just never bumped into someone who's, you know, like me and you, and he's doing it. And, and I was like, man, yeah. this, this would be a good project for OGP to try in New Orleans and document it. Um, like, how do I do that from scratch? You know? Yep. No, I look, I think it's an incredible untapped market. And I bet I could find some New Orleans to partner with me. You probably could. And I got, you I got probably three could. people in the money flow gang. You know, they're, they're in our discord, pay money to be there that are, I got two that are realtors, one's a pharmacist and they live in new Orleans. And I was thinking on this, I was like, man, cause maybe like you're talking about the big parking garage, that probably cost a few bucks. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think the hardest part in all of it is the acquisition of the land or right. the parking garage itself. I think already at minimum, you're pr at least in New York city, I think you're looking at at least four to 5 million probably right. in some in some way, it might be less in some areas, depending on what you're trying to do. But I think in general, it's an incredible market. Like it's recession proof. But Everybody needs to park their car. Right. Everybody needs to, right. It's not going to go. If the market's going down, it doesn't matter. People still need to park their car. And if you live in a place like New York city, or you live in a place like New Orleans, where everything is so confined and so small, parking is a scarcity. Right. So, scarcity creates abundance and, in those and, scenarios and that can be executed on as simple as let's say you got a hundred three other dudes that you like and respect you or women I mean, it doesn't have to be dudes obviously that are in 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 the wealth squad go hey mike i'm in on that i'm for a hundred because they have abundance right mm -hmm. they have abundance they don't mm -hmm. want to lose a hundred so they're betting on you but, right. but but it's not the end of the world if they do and that's where everything comes out of abundance investments come out of abundance and and maybe i go in on that i mean you, you find the building and, and you don't start the plan like that you start the plan with here's my idea and then you start looking and you and so basically when, when you come to me you got everything lined up you just need more money and yep that's how easy the reason i never take anyone serious is when they come to me for money they haven't done shit right meaning they don't have eight months of research. They haven't narrowed it down to three people. They don't have a realtor they're working with. They haven't talked to six lenders. They don't have anything to show me. They just have an idea. I'm well, fuck, I got ideas. You know, mm -hmm. I don't need an mm -hmm. idea. I need you to put shit together. And then I'll come. Because yeah. that shows me you're, you're serious about it. Like I had a guy wanting me to stamp his course. And I'm like, well, let me see it. Oh, well, I haven't written it yet. Man, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Waste my time, man. Like, yeah, you know, and it's, I mean, obviously I want to encourage that guy and he's thinking because, you know, I got him to thinking, but it's like, bro, come to me about helping you when you have it done, because then I'm gonna be like, OK, you took the time, you read my material, mm -hmm. you read my new ebook, you put together this and now I'm seeing I want to help you. Right. You want to help the guy that has done everything but make it work. You know, the kid who calls me, he's got two rentals and this happened. I'm happy to talk to that kid, you know. Yeah, because I want him to pull this off. I, he's already shown me he'll get up out of bed and try. Um, you know, that's the option guy that blows out and puts more money back in the account. Truth is, when you come pretty good at it, it's not because he got signals from you. It's not going to be because of this. It's going to be because he kept trying. 
and, and, and yeah. you know, and figured it out for himself. Yeah, I get that a lot too. I get that a lot in my DMs about, you know, how do you get through a, a trade or, a, a, you know, the trades that go wrong or the options or, you know, something that you invested in as a swing trade a long time ago to build wealth and it, go, and it just finally tanks. How do you get through it? I get that question so many times and a right. lot of it is just keep showing up for yourself. Keep showing up. Keep doing the work. Like it's you only got to be right once. You do. I, I usually and, ask them, would you put money in yesterday? Mm. And they go, nothing. What about the day before? Keep fucking going till I get a day, please. Yeah, just and, just every little bit that you get. Mm -hmm. Just put it away. Put it into something. Give it. There's got to be some activity behind it. Yeah, you don't have to buy something directly, right? Mm -hmm. But look, cash just in your account helps because you then you can pull the trigger at the right time, right? Um, Dude, I had a guy on my thing. He would, used to be in my group. Maybe he's on here. And I'm not picking on you, but I want to keep going back to it. So don't, if, I guess I would pick on you guys. Don't Somebody's about to get cussed yeah. at and I'm here for it, man. I Give me the I've, popcorn. I think I've banged on Michael before. Shit, I've banged on Chris. Yeah. So people are like, oh, Gerald was talking about you, Chris. And he's like, <laughs> I, yeah, Gerald does that. Like, like he knows that, man. And I'm not, I'm just pointing out things that I see, man. And, you know, maybe we agree to disagree that, that, you know, it's all right. Um, I mean, my buddy Ashton, I love Ashton. He's a good dude, good trader. You know Ashton, right? Mm -hmm. We're friends, mm -hmm. man. We do content creation together. I've gone to visit the guy. And I came on a live, and he was on there with the professor. And he was talking. He does these, uh, what do you call it with options, where you sell to make income. Uh, the covered calls. Covered yeah. calls. That's their thing, yep. right? Man, I'd rather go to the dentist than talk about covered calls. So... <laughs> When I come on, if he's like, what do you think about covered calls? I go, I'm a stock trader, bro. Yeah. And, it, and then I'm like, I'm not mad at covered calls, but that's just not what I'm doing, right? I can't do everything, right? So it doesn't interest me. I'm not going to put the time in. If it's working for him, great. That doesn't mean I want to do it. I can't do everything that makes money. I got to be really good at some things, you know? Yeah, I mean, all of it is, it, it, in essence, I mean, it's for that short-term cash flow. Right. But that short-term cash flow has got to go into something that's long-term. And I'm that, like, you know, and that's that's yeah. what I do with all of mine. So I'm like, cool, you're getting covered call money. I own a beach house and get paid. Mm. Do that. Like, yep. you get what I'm saying? Like, we're all playing this game at different. Some guys got one talent, some five, some ten. But then my friend, I got a friend that has, you know, three, four million in dividend stocks. He loves covered calls too. That's kind of one of his hobbies is sitting around. How can I make more money on this 3 million? He's already collecting 16,000 dividends and then it greedy bastards doing covered calls, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you know, just like what you were saying too, you got more skin in the game with, with that amount of money. If right. it goes up 3%, you're already killing it. Right. So I don't, you know, you need, got I, don't yeah, I have no interest <laughs> sitting around calculating shit that doesn't interest me. Yeah. When I'm already collecting, you know, 200K a year in rents, royalties and dividends. So maybe to you, that's interesting. It's not to me. And I think a lot of people don't have enough money in their account to even make it worth the effort. I mean, uh -huh. if you do have a few bucks, then yeah, I'm not against it, but I'm, I'm going to leave the live because I'm bored. I mean, um, yeah. And they're like, oh, he's talking about it. No, I'm not. He's just doing something different than I am, man. Um, so I'll smash on people because I disagree. And I'm just pointing out to my listeners, hey, I, here's why I don't like that, you know? Shit, I went off on an influencer on one thing that was a guest of the professors because um, he talked bad about Bitcoin. And he talk, on the wrong day, dude, and I just lost my shit, man. 
Like, if we had been in a bar, I might have punched him. He and didn't. He didn't. He didn't know what he signed up for. No, he, no, he just freaked out, man. Why? Because I'm passionate about that. And now, does that mean I have all my money in it and my all my life is staked in Bitcoin? Absolutely not. You know. Right. Um, but enough of it that I'll punch a guy. <laughs> you know, is that, is that appropriate? You know, is that appropriate behavior? Absolutely not. I apologize to everyone after. But I'm depends who the guy. person is. Right. I'm a passionate guy, man. And I, I wish other people were as passionate for their what it is they want. You know. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's um. I love teaching trading, though. I love teaching traders. I'll be honest. One of the problems I have is I'm 52, right? Mm -hmm. And some of the things I'm teaching you, I'm not necessarily doing anymore. Mm -hmm. One, it's, it's, a, it's the same for me too in, in the wealth squad like I, I give out so many trade ideas and opportunities and then everybody will, somebody will come back to me like a week later like hey man did you get in this and this are we still holding this and this I'm like I'm not holding anything man I'm just I'm just I see I see right um, I see the opportunity man and I'm I'm just I'm just passing the bread basket that's it right the other day that's I it. did the same on oil I said I don't know if you guys noticed but Exxon, Chevron, the XLU, USO, every, they're all stage one. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, so if I was in a, if I was looking for a swing trade in oil, it's setting up. So then I would drop to the one hour chart and wait for the breakout. Mm -hmm. And then I'm in, put my stop, go back to the daily, set my stop and let's see what happens. I mean, yep. we're trading, right? I'm not in that trade though. I got yeah. 150 grand in oil. I don't need to be putting any more. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, speaking of like the stage ones and all of that too, I was just about to uh, make a make make the uh, minions in the wealth squad known too. The Home Depot looks like it's setting up too. It's in that it's in that stage one. Like if, if you look at the day chart, it's almost kind of deceiving in a way. But if you if you zoom out and you look at the ten year chart of Home Depot, it's it's sitting right on a support zone stage one. And it's got a, you know, you basically have a 40 to 50% upside with that pays $1.96 in dividend every quarter. So it's looking right to buy. Damn. I know I've been, I've been trying to allocate, and there's some people it's a lot, some people it's nothing, $100 a day mm -hmm. into all stage ones paying 5% or better. Because there's a lot great. Of that are 3%ers that are now 5%ers, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just banging it every day, which means I got to make money because I still got to pay, you know, my electric bill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's what, like if you if you just stick to the fundamentals and you mm. buy all of the stage ones that are out there, you know, obviously you want to do some research on the company and things like mm. that. But on a technical level, if you, you buy those companies and, and it has that massive consolidation, like they're going to every every stock in the stock market has its moment to shine. Every single one, every single season. Yes. And so if we're holding a portfolio of these, and this $100, just so you guys know, this, these aren't swing trades. I'm talking about buy and hold stuff. So it's mm -hmm. it's not constant new stocks, new stocks. New, no, 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 no. This is following the 77 that I own every day, looking for mm -hmm. the nice stage one setup. And now of the 77, which ones do I want to add to? Well, that number gets smaller. Like I said, I don't want to add to Exxon, so I'm ignoring that stage one. I'm just pointing it out for my followers who maybe just got on the bus last year. Yeah. They don't own oil. Well, bro, this is when you buy it. Yeah. And you're like, well, what if it goes lower? We're going to buy that one too. And this, yeah. is, this is a philosophy. And that, that's not a swing trade. That's a buying – we're buying income as, as Chris is fond, fondly calls it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
you know, like with everything to people that are on here that I'm sure that there's somebody else on here that got started late. Right. In the same way that you did. And, and I, I was always sort of a casual investor before divorce, everything else, life happened, liquidated, had to start over from scratch multiple times. And so that's, that's why I went so hard on the option side of it, but I didn't go hard on the option side of it in that way and have the incredible success that I had in that short amount of time that I did without actually really fine tuning the fundamental aspect of it all, the stock market of understanding, this is how I build wealth. This is, this is the money flow. Like when I, when I came across all of your stuff a long time ago it, and it all clicked and then I could see that I could duplicate that on the option side of things too. It, it's just been incredible opportunities. And I've, I've gotten socked in the face plenty of times, plenty of times. Many people in the wealth squad have come for my neck plenty of times, but <laughs> dude, dude, is you that, know, it is what it is. It's, it's beautiful. Like I, the other day I did Delta and I was telling someone, I kind of got onto my group and I hope nobody, I, again, I, if you're around me, you can't get mad if I call you out on something or say something. Cause I'm, I have no recollection of it later. Like, I don't walk around yeah. going, that's that dumbass I was picking on. I don't know who, I don't think about it again. It just comes out of me. It's all those Coors lights, right. man. It's still flowing and through your blood. I just read the comment. I don't even know who said it. And then I respond. And you may not even admit it the way that I took it. So never take it personal. And they were picking on Jim Cramer. And I'm kind of had enough of this picking on Jim Cramer shit. First off, he worked 13, he worked at Goldman Sachs, ran a publicly traded hedge fund for 13 years, does a TV show every day puts out a newsletter, and puts all of his trades out to the public. He's going to fuck up trades. Uh -huh. and, and he may get out of whack with the market where, like, man, my shit is just, well, so, so can I. So can Kathy Wood. So can a lot of people, man. Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio is up 33% this year. I don't know if you saw the last two years. He was one of the worst performing hedge funds. I didn't see that, yeah. actually. Yeah, so you go back, and during that giant ran up – Ray was on the wrong side of it, and after the market was up 30-something percent, Ray's fund was up like 1%. That's not good in the hedge fund world. And, and because he didn't think it was going to – he was waiting on a, a crash to come. Well, he finally got his crash, and he's capitalized on it, and he's made his money. But you could be wrong for a while. That doesn't mean you don't understand it and over time going to be able to do it. And – um, I think why I got mad about that is because people do that to me. They'll be like, oh, I bought that money flow book and, you know, and maybe they took six trades and all six of their stage ones w turned into a stage four and they lost money. Right. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I think it's it's really tough too when the society that we live in, because we've all been molded to have this instant gratification to have everything now. And 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 look the way things are just kind of designed for us in society doesn't necessarily set us up for success either. It's, right. it's almost, it's almost in a nutshell kind of setting you up to succeed or um, setting you up to fail. And then it really just kind of boils down to your work ethic and what you're going to do with that downtime that you have that your job, your nine to five is going to suck everything out of you. It's going to suck right. the energy out of you, your time. It's going to pay you a, sh uh, a shit wage. Mm -hmm. And then you got to go home to your family, your crying babies, your mountain of bills, your dying parents, all these things. And you don't have anything left to give from that. And so people just ultimately give up. It's a sad thing to see. Like, no, none of us in this room right now are exempt from that. No. But 
it's it's going back to what we talked about before of like when you have your spiritual foundation aligned with your purpose all of those little things are just like little pebbles in the stream it's not really it's going to have an effect on you you're going to feel it you're going to notice those changes or it's going to hurt when you get socked in the mouth but if you've got those things aligned for yourself with your purpose it's gonna you're just gonna keep going through it yes and get past it yes it i i i I say this a lot and i know it confuses people it it's often the things you'll do for free are the things that'll be the most rewarding you know even financially and it and what that really means is like you win some you lose some you win some and it's like fuck man i'm basically doing this for free it's like yeah welcome to experience right and and it as you go through that process that ends up being the thing that rewards you the most every actor acted for free every musician played for free every sports person played for free every entertainer some reason when we get down into the middle class wage income earners they think they're supposed mm-hmm. to get paid on every move and it's like no the richest people get paid on very few moves they you know they they do a lot of shit for free and then they get paid um nobody pays kathy wood to talk on youtube she doesn't Mm -hmm. have a youtube channel you know you ever notice that yeah it's it's just you got to put yourself out there Mm -hmm. you've you've got to be willing to to do some of those things sacrifice and well, that guy, I was going to tell you, the guy that I smashed on the other day, he used to be in the Money Flow gang and he quit, but he still watches my lives. Whatever. I guess we're not friends anymore. And, <clears throat> and he made a comment in there that um, I, don't, I don't have enough. I'm not trading anymore because I don't, I, don't you know, I don't have any money for trading or I have enough money. And it's like, it's free. What do you mean you don't have enough money? Like you could take the Delta trade with five shares. What, what he doesn't want him to do, what he means is I'm not going to do this for free. And I'm like, well, everyone who ever succeeded did it for free at first, which looks like you taking five shares. And, and so a guy like, why well, don't I only have five grand? I can't I can't do 30 trades like you. And he's like, yeah, you can. What do you mean you can't? What do you mean? Of course you can. You buy 10 shares of this, 10 of that. You could build out a portfolio of dividend stocks. It's 50. I mean, you could. That'd be a little weird with that small money, but you can. And the dividend is proportionate. And if they're all paying 3 to 4 or 5%, that's the same as having all your money in one paying 3, 4, 5%. Mm-hmm. And, and, if, and then what happens when two of them triple? Well, fuck, that offsets the one that comes down. And all of a sudden now you're managing a portfolio even though you don't have a lot of money in it. And so I meet kids all the time. Don't have a lot of money. And they also have no portfolio management fucking experience because they're not managing a portfolio. Right. Yeah, man. Managing yep. one rental. Okay, well, it's kind of the same as managing 10. You got to mm-hmm. do the same thing. You got to have something on your computer. You got to deal with an insurance agent. Like you're going through all the same game. The difference is you did it once and not 10 times. Right. So if you want to be a trader, it should have nothing to do with your money. Meaning you'll get the money, maybe a little bit, but you're going to trade. And, and if you blow out, you're going to be back the next day because you're a trader. Mm-hmm. The moment you don't come back, you weren't a fucking trader. You were doing something else. They were chasing something else. And I honestly believe this, that even if I teach you the money flow, even if you sit with me or sit with Mike, if you sit with Chris, you're still going to go through your own journey in Crucible. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be successful because you hang out with Chris for the weekend. 
you're just going to see a guy who's successful with a bunch of cool shit, right? <laughs> I, I, I feel like that. I mean, it's like You've been there. You just, know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. No, like you you spend a weekend with, you know, you, Chris, whoever, yeah. like one side is going to be like, damn, I'm really, I really am broke. <laughs> right. Dude, dude, when I leave my rich friend, I have a rich friend and this dude, when I say rich, this dude is rich. Yeah. He does the same thing I do, except with zeros. He's not buying a, you know, a, a three hundred thousand dollar duplex. He's buying a three million dollar twelve unit complex. You know, and and he has a, a eight car garage. And his house is like thirteen thousand square feet. No shit, like the Kardashians. And he he's the guy that showed me real estate, man. And he's become immensely rich, while I've built what I built. When I go to his house, though, I'm like, fuck, dude. Like I'm not doing anything. Yeah, I I I, I spent a I spent a weekend um, hanging out, talking business, all of these other things with a wealthy friend of mine. He had two bank accounts, and he showed me both accounts. I love one account, one one account. Me. I love seeing it, man. One account he had nineteen million. The other account he had fourteen. And I was like, man, I, the, it, the whole that inspired time, you just, a little bit, right? Like you leave there it, going, okay, it is possible. Yeah, it did, but it was also depressing. I'm also like, depressing, I'm really, right? <laughs> I'm really broke, man. <laughs> yeah, and then you start doing, man. If I had 19 million, you start doing that game. Yeah, but he's yeah, got but problems you know too, what? right? He, he... Oh yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. Um, the the thing was though is he he reemphasized the thing that we always hear about, like he once you get to that hundred thousand dollar mark. Right. You becoming a millionaire is inevitable if you have a work ethic and you have discipline. If you have those, it's inevitable. It will happen. Oh, um, and that's so small. That's just a lifestyle change. Yeah. it's. I mean, when you, you compare that to his accounts that he showed to that number, like, that's so small and so insignificant. Mm -hmm. Like, But it's those little behavioral changes. If you really lock in and do the work and show up for yourself and get through those tough times when you want to quit, the time that you want to quit is the time that you have to go the hardest. It really be, is. Be, because there's that's a that's a real that's a real sacred space to be in that I think people really forget. When you're in that dark space mm -hmm. and you're you really feel like you're getting beat down and socked in the mouth, that's the time when you really got to go the hardest. Um, because that's where you're going to see most of your growth. Yeah, and Ed it's going to pay Ed, off. Ed Milet has a new book out and it's called One What's it called? One more rep, one more set, one more something. And it's basically just a philosophy of doing one more. So mm -hmm. when you're like, fuck, I'm done today, just do one more. Just, just shoot the ball one more time. Just putt one more time. Like, I mean, you're about to leave. Just turn around and go do one more. And if you do that as a life philosophy on everything, he's like, watch what happens in three months. And I, yeah. I, you think on that and it's like, fuck. You know, you did you muscle failure with push-ups. Then you just do one clean by itself, one more, you know? And as a way of life, you're practicing an instrument. You're like, let me run that scale clean and slow one more time. Yeah. I remember when I was running my first ultra marathon mm. in Central Park. It was nine times around the park. It was 37.2 miles. We had 12 hours to run it. That's and I got to dude, like... I know that run. What's that called? <sighs> Right, I almost traveled that. It's, it's, called it's, it's pain, on fucking man. pavement too, right? It's on a sidewalk. Yeah, oh. it was really, it was really, really difficult. And the right. truth of the matter was, I barely trained for it. I didn't hardly do anything. Two weeks before the race, I signed up for it, and I like, I, I know, I was running before, but not to the point of where you really need to train for these things. Mm -hmm. But you know this already, like, 
so much of your performance in those races Mm -hmm. is probably 90% willpower and 10% what you've actually trained yourself to do. Right. Right. You, you, you run on adrenaline and that sort of thing. But I got to like mile 21, 19, 21, somewhere around in there. And I, I had blisters on my feet. (laughs) I, my nutrition was trash. Like I, I just, I just didn't, I didn't stick to the plan exactly how I, I, everything that I thought was going to happen went completely the opposite and my body was locking up. I couldn't really run anymore and I was about to give up and I was like, damn, I literally still have another 20 miles to run. Right. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to complete this race. And it really was just one foot in front of the other. I just kept hearing that. And then you got those random strangers who don't even know you there right. with cowbells and Nutri-Grain bars and signs and high fives and tissues for you to wipe your tears when you're crying out there. Like, yeah. All of these little things pushed me through that. And I like it, it honestly was a really dark space. And you already know this because you've ran these races before. Um, but just thinking about that, how it relates to life and money and business and investing is that's also when I went really hard on those, on that next pit that I went in there and, and, and just kind of reassessed my game plan. And I just, I went out. And and you know what you said something that's a critical truth, the long distance running. When you said that, you know, you hadn't that most of the performance on that day, on the day that you show up to done, at least half of it is attributed to your mindset that day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I used to, and I met a guy who was pretty successful, not successful, but, you know, he completed a lot of those races. And he had told me the same thing. And he said, dude, you just need to be able to, if you, can you easily run 15 miles? And I go, dude, race is 50 miles. He goes, that's not what I asked you. Can you comfortably run 15 miles? Just like it's nothing. Just get up and you just run it on any given day. And I was like, well, I don't know about it. He's like, well, get there, you know. And he, what he was saying is it's the, it's the quality of the training, not necessarily that you, you go out on your own and run 28 miles by yourself because that's really hard. And so the longest I would run, even for a 100-mile race, was 17 miles. Mm-hmm. All I had to do was that a couple more times. So if I can do it pretty easy on race day, I deep, you know, now I got my mindset too and my weight training. Weight training doesn't have much to do with running, but it does have to do with building your body, right? And then eating right. And so there's a lot of things that have to do with long distance running that have nothing to do with running. You know, the running yep. part is you putting your shoes on and getting out there. But like you said, if your nutrition's wrong, you haven't been stretching, you haven't been trained, like all these other things. It, same in trading, man. Trading is not about you and money. If you became a great trader, I'll give you the money. Mm-hmm. Like me and you could do it. You know, if I meet someone who can come and, me and show me their account and they're like, look, dude, I've taken 116 trades over nine months my return is 98 percent. i'm pretty sure i can do this again mm-hmm. what i get is guys who come up with a strategy and they've done no trades and they're like you want to fund this and i'm like no <laughs> it shocks me no one ever comes to me because i've had a few people over the years come to me with a strategy and he's like joe i'm not going to show you my exact strategy and i was like well you're going to have to at some point And I'm like, I need to see you have executed it a hundred times. And he's like, well, that's going to take like two years. I know. Get back to me. Come back when you're ready. They never come back, dude. And they never got rich. 
So what, what happened? Either he caught a time and frame where something was working or for some reason he gave up on himself when it got bad. I don't know. Or he just didn't have the stamina to buy five shares, you know, and then, and then just keep working it, keep practicing, keep working it. It's the, it's the stamina part for me, man. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I see it. I see it all the time with the people that reach out to me individually, the people that I'm in my one-on-one sessions with. It's the stamina of it all. Is that look in the same way that you feel yourself for a, a marathon or an ultra marathon, mm-hmm. you still have to have that same nutrition as a trader, as an investor, as somebody who's trying to build wealth, there's nutrition in that way too. It just comes in a different form. It's not in the form of food. It's in the form of other things. So you, you still have to feed mm-hmm. that part of you in that way. And, and a lot of people just, they give up too easy. They give up way too easy. You give up way too easy. And, and you, you asked me, do you think I think buying a two bedroom, one bath house is harder or completing a 100 mile marathon? Uh, oh, I, by any stretch of the fucking imagination, it is much harder to complete a 100-mile marathon than it is to buy a two-bedroom, one-bath rental property. Yeah. And I meet teachers, doctors, lawyers, truck drivers, bus drivers, people that work at Walmart that run 100-mile races. Like, and, everyone and that was at the race was just a normal person, man, you know? Yep. And this is why you're so good at what you do because of you running that race and and right. what it teaches the the lesson that you gain from that mm-hmm. whole experience because that is an incredibly spiritual experience man i i had an incredibly experience um spiritual experience when i ran my ultra marathon because it's you versus all your demons yeah. it's you facing it's you running with your demons the whole entire time you hear all those little voices in your head you hallucinate yes. all these like it's it's real man and it's it's just you and those demons out there and when you can dance with those demons and you can run and you can uh, acknowledge all of those voices and all those vices that you have man it's incredible. It really, it really is. Um, Jesse Itzler, I don't know if you're familiar with who he is. Um, he's a husband of uh, Sarah Blakely, who owns Spanx and owns oh, the Atlanta yeah, Hawks. He's a badass. He, he has an he has an incredible book that he wrote that I uh, that I read one time. Uh, living Living with a Seal, and that Seal ended up being David Goggins. He hired David Goggins to come live with him for thirty days. But he and just admire the dude but he has a saying and he had said that when your when your mind decides the body follows Mm. and i thought of i thought about that in so many aspects of life and the things that i've done the races i've run me as an athlete playing you know at a high level in in basketball and then also too as a trader as an investor all of these things when your mind decides your body follows when you want to give up on yourself everything else you are going to give up you are going to quit on yourself. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just profound, man. Ath- athletics is such a teacher of life and it's a spiritual journey in itself. And I, you know, we could look, we could talk all day, GP. We always do. And I just, I just appreciate what you do and the content you put out, man. It's just, it's so valuable. And I really just hope people take it to heart and, and, and apply it because all, all of this doesn't even matter. This conversation between you and I doesn't even matter if nobody does anything with the things that we're trying to teach other people, right? right? And through our own experiences that we've gone through. So I, I appreciate you, man. You're, you're, you're the best. You yeah, really man. are. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate you as well. Appreciate your friendship. And it's, um, it's cool. I think the moral to everything we just said is you don't have to have everything you need to get started. 
and I used to call it, you don't have to get it right, just get it going. Mm. And then you just keep it going and going and going and, and, and we'll refine it. We'll fix it. Right. We'll, we'll get it in tune. We'll, you're, we'll work through your problems you're going to have. And, 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 um, you know, I, 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 I'm working with a guy who is a bodybuilder and I'm like, man, you got to take that. Cause that, I don't do that. I don't have, I don't have a reason to have six pack abs. Mm. Like it will help me not much in life. But to him, it did. He was a competitor, right? So he had a different reason. He likes the, the lifting. And it's like, man, <clears throat> if you can do that, bro, you can invest. You can trade. This is easy here, man. Like, yeah, man. I appreciate you, bro, for coming on. And uh, we'll wrap it up. I probably got to close out the market here. And I, I usually make my moves either at 11 or around 2 o'clock. That's it, man. You only need two hours a day, 930 to 1030, three to four. That's it. Right. That's really it, man. And yeah, especially if you're doing at position trades, you probably only need the afternoon, man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, man. Yes, sir. I appreciate right. you. Love you. Thanks for coming on. Likewise, GP. We'll talk soon, man. All right. Appreciate yeah. everybody who tuned in also. Yeah, man. All right. Here we go. Let's see. All right, man. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening to the Money Flow Trading Society's podcast, Mastering the Trade. I'll probably, we went long, so I'll probably break this up into two podcasts, maybe one with me and Mike on that last, that backside. That was kind of fun. That was spur of the moment, man. I'm glad he came on. I'm pumped up now. And then my ramblings on the first part, or maybe I'll do half and half. Maybe I could do that. Let me get fancy. Appreciate you guys. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Money Flow Trading Society's podcast, Mastering the Trade. Hey, if you have any questions for me, I'd like to have your voice on my podcast. If you download the Anchor app, okay, it's a very easy app. I use it all the time to record podcasts. You can create your own podcast with it. If you download the Anchor app, you can send me voice messages and I can drop the voice message right into my podcast. It's pretty cool. Anyway, um, maybe you should be on my podcast. I don't know. Reach out to me. Maybe you got something to say, but you better bring some value. Bring some value, man. And I would love to put you. I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to talk about you, man. Let's be friends. God bless.